everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. You know how you meet somebody and you think, man, back in the day, we would have been tight. We would have been really good friends. I felt that way about Jason Vincent almost immediately after I met him. Now, Jason's a wedding photographer from Arkansas, and he's got 80,000 plus Instagram followers, I think, or something along those lines. And he's a really, really good down-to-earth person. He sat down with me and we talked about how he went from a corporate job to making the leap into wedding photography, and now that's what he does full-time. We talked about life before and after kids. We talked about being comfortable while you're uncomfortable, which is essentially the title of this podcast and this interview. We talked about planning and improvising and how you can incorporate that into your business, and we talked about this really cool doc that he made, this photo project that he made with his son, this two-and-a-half-year-old boy, where he took photos of him every day for 50 days. It's definitely worth checking out on his YouTube channel. In any case, I had a really good time talking to Jason, and I hope you have a really good time listening to it. Jason, Vincent, introduce yourself to me. Oh, man. Um, so primarily a wedding and portrait photographer based in Northwest Arkansas. Um, Bentonville area, most mm. people know Fayetteville area where the Razorbacks are from, but um, Bentonville is pretty known for being home to Walmart headquarters. Walmart, and, yeah. Yeah, Walmart, Sam's Club, Tyson Foods, J.B. Hunt, um, all those. There's a lot of really big companies that have their like main headquarters out here. But uh, yeah, I've been, been here for a little over 10 years, been shooting weddings for a little over, right around, yeah, a little over 10 years, uh, full-time for... I think three years, three or four years, been full-time weddings. Um, before that I was a mechanical engineer for Tyson foods. Oh, yep. And, uh, yeah, I can keep going. I don't know. Well, how did, <laughs> let, let me ask you this. Cause every time someone says I worked in the corporate world or I was an engineer or I, you know, I was a finance manager. I've heard people go from like really, I don't know, it's typically really nice set up careers right mm-hmm. to to into this creative field where you're you know I, I, at first glance you're kind of throwing caution to the wind so to speak aren't you i mean yeah you're like I, you know this is this is what i'm going to do now and um the safety net of a of a well-established career in a well-established field like engineering mm-hmm. is gone so I mean, what, what was that like for you? It's not really gone. Like I always have that piece of paper with my name on it. If for some reason down the road, I want to fall back on it. So you look um, at it as like a plan B now. Yeah. Hopefully a plan B that I never have that to, you never use need to and use. I de- and, and I never plan on and going back. But I mean, the, the easy part about leaving the engineering job is so my background is mechanical engineering. That's what my degrees in, but my job with Tyson foods was never actually considered engineering as far as what I went to school for. So it was mostly, I got the job because I had a technical degree and Mm. 
Um, basically what I was doing, there's no school for, so they just need to hire people that have the aptitude to perform tasks and, and sure. work with the software and stuff like that, that they have developed. Um, so it was something that I wasn't really passionate in anyways. Yeah. Um, and so that made it a little easier. And I guess I just kind of started to value the experiences that photography was bringing me over mm. sitting in a cubicle. Yep. Uh, and so what it came down to is, I mean, at that point we'd been shooting by the, like by the time I quit, we had been shooting weddings for, um, shoot more than more than five years and we're used we're doing destination weddings and stuff like that and so i was using all my vacation days to go yeah shoot weddings basically right. which is i mean which was fine because like you turn a destination wedding into a three or four day vacation and you it's a lot of fun and so it's not like i was wasting vacation days by any means sure um but it came down to i was out of vacation days and i had the opportunity to go on an all expenses paid trip to india to shoot the holy festival Oh my. And so I put in my request for time off without pay so that I could go on this trip. Yeah. And they, they told me no. They said, they said no. Yeah. They told me no. They said I couldn't go. Um, and so right with the instant they told me no, I knew that two weeks, I just continued, continued forward. I've got my flights booked and I knew two weeks before my flight left, I put in my two weeks notice. Yeah. So it was so, almost, in, a, in a way the decision was made for you. Yeah. And I mean, that's how everyone leaves the, I feel like that's how everyone kind of leaves that corporate safety net that you talked about into the creative field is there's, there's always the desire and the want to do it, but there, there has to be one thing that pushes you over the edge. And for yeah, me, it straw. was, yeah. And so for me, it was kind of this like once in a lifetime opportunity. And to this day, it's still one of my favorite shoots of all time. You're so um, glad you did it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so no regrets. And I'm sure there's people that that make the jump and they're like, Oh man, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, but at least thankfully for me, it's kind of, it's kind of worked its way out. And so is it kind of like one of those, the rest is history type things where, you know, you, you, you did that and the, the it just kind of snowballed and snowballed and weddings became a, a, a bigger deal and you're doing more of them and you're, and you're traveling more places and, and it's, and it's becoming like a really big business for you essentially. Yeah. And I mean, it's just kind of one of those things like you just have the ability to spend more time on it because I mean, you're working a nine to five. And so there, it's hard to spend the adequate amount of time to build a business if you're not a hundred percent in it. So right. it's just being able to spend more time on it and, you know, get better practices on client uh, experiences, work better on your website, updating SEO and things like that. And, um, and then I spend a lot of time just like in the photography field as far as like, um, I write articles for F-stoppers. Um, I've written for SLR lounge, um, shot kit and things like that. And so, uh, I kind of enjoy being in the education side of it a little bit as mm -hmm. well too. So it's kind of just made it. So I have the time to do that. Mm -hmm. You can, you, you have more time to put into, I don't, your, this is your career now, essentially. Yeah. What, um, <sighs> What sort of challenges do you find? Because you have a you have a son. Yeah, what he's sort of... uh, two and a half, and now we have a daughter who is two months oh. old. Oh, I didn't even know that second part. Yeah, it's new. <laughs> That's pretty new. So, what sort of challenges do you? Okay, all right. So, because you've been doing this for ten years, a good ten years, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of know what it's like before kids, and now you know what it's like 
not only after one little baby, but now after two little babies, Mm -hmm. how are things just completely different for you now than they were before given that? Uh, It's not, it's not crazy different. It's just kind of reshuffling the schedule. Uh, So, you know, normally before kids, you'd wake up at seven or eight and work all day and then hang out, have dinner and stuff like that. But now it's like, I wake up a little earlier, spend time with the kids. Um, there's days where I don't work at all, or I only work like during nap time because I'm watching the kids or something right. like that. And, but, right. but it's nice to have that flexibility. Cause if I had the regular nine to five, like, yeah, it would get the paternity to leave for a month or whatever. And then I have to go back to work. And so now I get to spend more time at home while still doing the job that I love. It's just, I have the flexibility to kind of shuffle my schedule around and make it, make it work. And how many, how many of your weddings are destination weddings? Like how often are you gone? Not so much anymore. We kind of, we kind of dialed back on the destination aspect of our business. Uh, once we had our son, um, the first, I mean, within the first year of Zayden being born, he was, he went on more than 19 different flights with us. So we just took him with us. Oh, cause I mean, kids travel for free. Right. Um, until two, they, until right? they're, yeah, until they, yeah. until they're older than two. And so now he's two. And so now it's like, Oh, well, now we have to, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> have to out a little bit more, but, but yeah, but the first year, I mean, he went, he was, um, he took his first trip on a plane when he was three months old, I think. Mm. Um, and we took him to Mexico for two weeks. What is the biggest thing in your teaching that you've discovered, uh, that other maybe budding wedding photographers, um, can learn from you? Like, what is it that you have to offer that really stands out? Uh, gosh, just being more diligent in thinking about like light moment and composition and not just shooting at something. So I find that a lot of like beginning photographers will shoot at a moment instead of getting themselves into the moment. And so you see a lot of images that it looks like it's taken from far away. And so a lot of the times that has to do with like lens choice and stuff like that. Like people Mm -hmm. starting out wedding photography, love their 70 to 200 because they can just crank it to, they can crank it to 200 millimeters and they can get real tight and close. But with that focal length, you feel outside of the moment. Um, And so being comfortable, being close to people and being inside of, moments that might be a little scary. People are crying, people are hugging, laughing, cheering. Um, and so sometimes it's, and you don't know these people a lot for the most part, you might know the bride and groom, but you don't know like the wedding party. And so it's hard to insert yourself into, into their moment because you feel kind of out of place. And so feeling comfortable being uncomfortable, uh, feeling comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. That's something. Okay. And so just getting inside of those moments because, it's hard to give the viewer that sense of being part of the moment if you are not part of the moment because you have yeah. to get the camera in there. Yeah. But how do you balance the how do you balance the uncomfortable piece? Like the reason that it's uncomfortable is because there you are documenting and and mm-hmm. you know in a in a sense you're you're I mean, you're not you're not part of the family. You're not you're not one of the close friends like you said. You don't know a lot of people there. What's what's the secret to being able to be there and not be there? Uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of your mindset. Like if you, if you feel uncomfortable being there and you feel like you're an outsider, then it's going to make it harder to get inside of the moment. But if you Mm -hmm. think about yourself as like, 
they hired me to be here. They hired me. They want these images. Right. Um, even if they don't necessarily know they want them, like right. you have to know what people want and what they're going to desire. Mm. And you know, like from past experiences and past clients where they say, Oh, I love that image. Try and get that same image for other people that may not know that they want it. And I like to think about it whenever I'm shooting a wedding, as far as the images that are going to be delivered is what, um, if who's going to be looking at these images, like their future yeah. kids are going to be looking at yeah. these images. And if their future kids were at the wedding, where would they be? Right. Would they be in the back of the chapel or would they be on the front row? Oh, that's a really good way to put it. I've never thought of it that way before. Yeah. And so you want to think about how those, how they want their kids to experience their wedding um, and how they would experience it if they were actually there. And then that's where you need to put your camera. So in your mind, you almost have to be like, I'm, I'm being paid to do this. This is my responsibility. It's almost, is there like a confidence that you need to have? Like you're there because you're supposed to be there. And that's, that's kind of, I yeah. mean, everybody knows you're the photographer, right? So yeah, you can't just kind of yeah, like, I mean, yeah, people know that, that you're there to, to take pictures. And so right. if you can just get outside of your head, like one of the main fears when you first start out is like, Oh, I'm going to be in someone's way. I'm going to block someone's view. That's but what like, I'm thinking. Right. But for the most part, like they can just lean to the side or they can get a little taller or you go a little lower. Yeah. And so a lot of the times I'm shooting from, a, from lower. So people could just look right over my head for the most part, or I'm close enough to where, what am I blocking? I'm blocking their feet. Like they don't need to see their feet anyways. Mm -hmm. What, what else? What other, I like these tips. These are good. What other, what else do you got? Um, just to be conscious in the decisions you're making as far as getting close, especially it's not such a big deal during like the getting ready aspect or like the reception aspect. Cause like you, people are moving all over the place, but during right. the ceremony, just to be conscious of when you get close, like you don't want to be up in their up in the bride and groom's face for the entire ceremony, but pick and choose your battle. So a busy, um, I forget who says this, but a busy photographer is a, scene photographer. So if you're constantly in and out moving around, right. yeah, people are going to notice you. But if you go in and then set up in a space and just hang out there, right. And then you step out, no one's going to notice you. No one's going to care. But if you're like in, out, in, <laughs> out over here, back around, right. then people are going to, people are going to notice you. People are going to be distracted. But if you pick and choose where you go, how long you stay there and then kind of get back. I'm just fine. thinking of like some of those videos I've seen where the photographers like, you know, it's, he's like jumping all over the place and he's on the ground and he's like, if you want to get on the ground and get that shot, like there's a, there's the picture of like the people putting on the rings and the guy, like it's from underneath. Right. Right. And so like, if that's the shot you want to get, get in there, lay down and just don't move. Right. Take it. Right. And then get out. But if you're like there and then out and then there and then out, then it's, right. then it's too much. So how much yeah, planning for you? Like, be, like going into this, mm -hmm. are you like picking out your spots? Or are you thinking I'm gonna, I'll go over there, I'll go over there, or is it more on the fly? It's a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, sometimes, like we've ha we have bride and grooms that'll request to get the image from behind the priest, looking right. back, so you can see like kind of the top of the priest's head, but then you're seeing yeah. them, and then all of their then guests. the audience, right? Right. Yeah. And sometimes that's a hard image to get because there's rules where you're not allowed to get right onto the stage. And so for something like that, you have to clear it with a priest and make sure that you get permission because you don't want to just do that in the middle of the ceremony and like catch a priest off guard because that's when it turns I've seen into that, that video like, too, yeah, where that, yeah. that dude is like, like oh, stop, get off. Right. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, so you have to clear it with a priest and make sure. And so uh, the funny, funny story we actually had, there's a chapel, uh, gosh, just somewhere in Kansas. I forget what it's called, but um, no one's allowed on, no one's even allowed past the first pew to get oh, close to the, you to can't the get up there's there. just rules. You're not allowed. Mm-hmm. You have to be like past a certain pew. You have to stay on the back wall or in the balcony. And this mm-hmm. couple wanted a picture looking over the priest. They wanted that picture. And so I went up to, I was like, I'll just, I'm gonna have to ask the priest and see if I can get it. And so I, um, what I did is I put my camera in silent shutter mode. So whenever you click it, there's literally no sound at all. Mm-hmm. And so I went up to the priest and I was like, Hey, the couple really wants this picture. I'll be really discreet. I'll be super quiet. And just as an example, the entire time I've been talking to you, I've been taking pictures. And so I showed him the back of the camera. It's like, I've been taking pictures. And he's like, huh, okay. That was really quiet. You can have one picture. Really? You got the go ahead. Yeah. So he was like, when they come out, you can come up, you can get one picture, but I'm on silent shutter. So I can take as many as I want. He doesn't know how many times I push the button. (laughs) (laughs) So as long as I get up, I got them, hit the button a handful of times. I stayed up there for maybe 15 seconds and then I got off it, but, but I got the image that they wanted. And it's probably one of the only pictures from that perspective in that chapel. Sure. Right. Like how often do you learn the hard way? Like how many times has it been like you didn't make the ask and like, I mean, that's like something I would think that some people have to learn the hard way. You're like, Oh, well next time I'm going to have to ask. Um, I've never actually ran into, ran into trouble. So I've put like my wife knows and she's constantly like, been like you like to push boundaries, but I've never pushed them enough where it's like been an issue or someone said something. Right. Um, <laughs> but maybe that's just a handful of luck and then a handful of being like, well, maybe I shouldn't go that far. <laughs> but, right, right, right. Like knowing yeah. how far to go. Yeah. Thankfully, I've never learned the hard way as far, especially from like a ceremony's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and that's the big thing, right? Like that's, that's the piece that you need to get right. So if, mm-hmm. if you, if you want to push a little bit, it's probably best to ask and not just try to pull it off, you know, yeah. during the ceremony. Yeah. And then, I mean, cause if you're going to be a distraction to anyone, it's probably going to be the pastor. Cause he's like talking and if all of a sudden he's caught off guard, oh. it's nice to be like, be like, Hey, do you have any, and, and just ask him like, Hey, do you have any rules? Cause a lot of right. the times they're, they're pastors that don't even work with the chapel. They're just going by whatever they do in the past. And so if you just be like, Hey, I'd love to get up here. Is that going to bother you? And they'd be like, Oh no, go ahead. Well, and I know it's not hard and fast. And some of these questions I'm asking because I was actually, I actually second shot for my wife for a few years, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking in my mind, like in general, I always thought there, there are a handful of people that I want to make sure I'm not upsetting. And of course mm-hmm. it's the bride. And for me, it was usually the, the bride's mother. And then it was always the, the pastor. And then if mm-hmm. there was a wedding planner or a wedding coordinator, I always wanted to keep like, there's certain people and it's not always that way. Like some people are a little, I don't know, easy, easy going or whatever. But in my mind, it was always like, here are the people. And you would know, you always know right away if there's somebody that's, that's somebody you definitely don't want to upset. Like sometimes maybe mm-hmm. the maid of honor, but in my mind, it was mm-hmm. like, here are the people that I want to make sure I stay on the good <laughs> side of today. And if yeah. it's that I have to ask extra questions and for extra permission to do that, this, that, or the mm-hmm. other, I made sure I did it. Does that ring true? Uh, I don't know if that's ever, if I've ever thought about it, honestly. Oh man. <laughs> well, I mean, aside, aside from asking a pa- asking the pastor, if I can go a certain 
place or be somewhere during the ceremony just so it, does, it doesn't cause like an issue during the ceremony or um, th- that it's just going to distract him and like ca- just cause some sort of scene. Yeah, you don't um, wanna, But other oh. than that, like the bride and groom have hired us to be there to document things. And so mm-hmm. I'd have a hard time thinking of something that I'd want to do that I feel like would upset them in the first ups- place. upset one of those people. Sure. Sure. Now, like, aside from like pushing him over to get the shot or something <laughs> like, <laughs> tell me this, you, you do have a series that I have that I, um, uh, familiar with, um, that you've documented and that you've intentionally kind of taken the time to create in the last couple months. Talk about that with mm-hmm. me a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, since the whole COVID-19 stay at home, uh, thing, I've been documenting every day. Um, not so much recently, but I did 50, day, 50 straight days of family documentary just at our house. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's of our whole family. Uh, but primarily our, our son Zayden, as he's just been kind of going around the house and causing a ruckus and, Um, it's been a fun project. It started off as just kind of like a one day thing. I got a new lens that I'm writing a review for and I was like, Oh, I can't shoot anything else. So I'll take pictures of him for a couple hours and I posted them online and people loved them. So I was like, Oh, it's fun. I'll do it tomorrow. And then it turned into the next day and the next day and next day. And um, eventually it became this like daily series where, um, for the first, I think the first 30 or so days, I literally shot every day and posted every day. Um, and then after our, um, our daughter was born, um, I still shot every day, but I didn't post every day cause it was just a little harder to get right. to the computer to like upload and, um, edit all the images, but, right. Right. um, but I still shot every day for 50, for 50 days. And so your, your daughter is how old? Um, she's going to be two months and next week. So she was kind of born in the midst of all of this. Yeah. It was what, interesting going what from... What was that like? Uh, it was interesting because like whenever we had Zayden, we had him at the same hospital that we had our daughter. Our daughter's mm-hmm. name is Riken. Um, whenever we had Zayden, like there was nurses all over the place. People are walking up and down the hallways. People are visiting. And then whenever we had Riken, it was like halls were empty. There was nobody there. No visitors were allowed. Um, and then uh, they got us in and out within 24 hours. Cause they, they want you to be there as little as possible. Right, right, right. So, yeah. I mean, no complications on that front, but it was a completely different experience than it was a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so and then even, even coming home, like the, uh, we didn't, because people are still doing like the self quarantine thing. So like we didn't have any visitors, family couldn't come see oh, her. Of course. It took, a, it took a good amount of time for us to feel comfortable, like having her parent, my, my wife's parents come over and, um, we just kind of hung out in the backyard and still did like social distancing, but at least they could see her and stuff like that. And, um, since then everybody's been kind of self distancing enough that we're comfortable having like close friends and family over and sure stuff like that. But have you, have you, did you lose a lot of work or did you have a lot of work get pushed? We had, um, a handful of weddings. We had two weddings cancel and then we had three, we've had three weddings so far get pushed back and postponed. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've also picked up two new weddings from other photographers that had to reschedule and they couldn't, they didn't have the and date And they couldn't available. make the date, right. Yeah. And they couldn't make the date and we had the date available. And so, um, it's kind of, it's been a wash, which yeah. has been nice. 
but yeah. um, just everything's just kind of been pushed back. Sure, sure. I when you when you created that, where you were taking photos of your son every day, um, did you look at it as a creative outlet, or did it become something? I mean, you didn't expect it initially, but then you intentionally kind of jumped in and you were doing it. Mm-hmm. Did it become kind of a, a an exercise for you and in, in, in kind of a creative outlet during the time of craziness that we all kind of have been going through? Yeah, it was just a, an easy way to keep to keep shooting. Like I knew a lot of people, uh, I've seen some photographer friends are like, oh, I got to shoot. It's the first time I picked up the camera in three months. Right. And so uh, it could be hard to kind of like dive right in. And so it was kind of just an easy way to stay sharp. Um, yeah. But then it also turned into just kind of like, uh, I wrote a article for some, from somewhere, but it's like, it kind of became this like wedding photography boot camp type thing of like finding light composition and moments, because if you shoot every day or, and you're in the same scene, it's hard to get something different every single yeah. time. Cause kids have their routines and they do the same thing every day. <laughs> right. Um, and so like, how do I right. create, how do I tell this story just a little bit differently than mm. it was yesterday, even though we're out here at the exact same time doing the exact same thing. Um, and so that can definitely tie into weddings when you shoot at the same wedding, every single, the same venue. Oh, at the same venue. Sure. Yeah. And so like the, all the players are different, but they're in the same room. They're doing the same right. thing, they're walking down the same aisle. And so it's like, you learn to, you learn to stop thinking about where you are and just noticing the small intricacies of the moments happening around you and how to tie those into the light and the composition. And so if you shoot at the same venue over and over and over, you know where the good light is, you know where the good compositions are. And so at that point, you're just waiting for moments to happen within those spaces. And so that's kind of how it turned into the family documentary stuff. It's like, I know where, I know what time the light comes in this window so if something's happening over here around this time, then I'm going to shoot. And then if not, then I'm not going to have my camera on me because I wasn't shooting all day, every day. It was key moments where I know the light is good. I know there's a decent composition here and it looks like there's probably going to be some type of moment happening. So I'll grab my camera. But other than that, it's just going to sit on the side or be near me to where I can easily just like run in and grab it real fast. Well, what a great idea to like push yourself in that way too. Like to stay frosty, so to speak, right? Yeah. Keep your edge. Yeah. If you want to learn how to anticipate moments, chase a two and a half year old around for 50 days. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Where, um, where can people find you and find, uh, and, and find this, this work, both your wedding work and, and this neat little project that you did. Um, so Vincent images, V I N S O N, uh, images.com is our website. Uh, and then on our blog, I have uh, a full roundup of all 50 days of images or all the ones that I, that I feel worthy of posting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I have a slideshow on there as well. Uh, and you can also follow me on Instagram. It's Vincent images, uh, underscore Jason. Jason, I really appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. I'll see you next time. All right. See ya.